We are back live here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy, the BGE Radio Network out of Atlanta, GA. Carolyn Howard Johnson joins us today here on our broadcast. The multi-talented Carolyn Howard Johnson. She is known as the frugal book promoter, and she joins us today here on our broadcast. She is absolutely, absolutely amazing, and uh, she joins us here on the telephone. So, Carolyn, tell us a little bit about... How you got started uh, book promoting and, and, and being involved with the world of books? Oh, I think I was almost born that way. My, my parents read to me. Uh, I started on the high, my high school newspaper as a reporter, in quotes, because all the cute boys were on the high school paper. So I've been doing it for a long time. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. It, it, it is a uh, it is a great you know guest. That song where the yes. where the boys are. That's where I was. <laughs> That's awesome. It is Carolyn Howard Johnson. She's known as the frugal book promoter, and she's the uh, just a multi talented individual. She joins us today here on our big broadcast, and she started writing what she considers her quote unquote real writing career when most. Are thinking about retiring, she brings her experience as a publicist, a journalist, a marketer, an editor, and a retailer to the advice that she gives in her How to Do It Frugally series, great series of books for writers and many classes that she has taught for nearly a decade as an instructor for UCLA Extension's world-renowned writers program. And she joins us today here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. So... Does everyone really have a book in them? Because uh, w- one of our good friends, Erwin Zucker, I talk to Erwin every once in a while, and Erwin will tell me this constantly. He says, everybody has a book in them. Uh, but you've been doing this uh, as as well. So uh, I guess answer the question, does everyone really have a book in them? Well, I've never met anyone who doesn't. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, every, you know, everyone not, everyone likes to tell stories. They like to tell things about their past, their background. They 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 love their grandkids partially because they get to talk to them and tell them stories, right? Um, furthermore, um, a lot of a lot of my clients actually c- contact me and say that they're contacting me because their kids want them to write a memoir. So sometimes it's not even up to them. But a memoir is a great way to start because it's 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 a legacy you can leave behind. You know, there aren't many ways to do that. No, 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 there isn't. It is a uh, great guest with us today. She joins us live here on our big broadcast, coast to coast, border to border on iHeartRadio today. Also, AMFM247.com. We have got a great guest with us today. And uh, Carolyn joins us live here on our big program. So what's this thing about being frugal? Explain this to us a little bit more details. Okay, well, first of all, you asked, you asked uh, tell you a little bit about my background. I was actually raised by a Depression-era mom, and so it comes naturally. But when I started actually writing the way that I had always wanted to, and that means publishing. Um, I found that most people spend a ton of money, and I fell into that same booby trap in spite of a marketing background and, and a journalism background and several other kind of careers or semi-careers, started spending money like crazy on advertising and PR and whatever, 
uh, and people who write their first books don't make it back. Now, if people want to spend their money that way when they're writing their first few books, and you know, after they've written one and haven't made any money, then they kind of get the idea that it's it's a lot harder than it looks. Um, then, then that's fine. You know, if they've got the money, then it's a hobby. Then set your budget and have and you know go go for it. But um, if you intend to make a real career of it and actually support your family with it, possibly in the future, um, don't do it that way. There's n- almost nothing that even great people like Irwin can't do or can do better than the author themselves. Uh, it's just a matter of learning how, a little uphill, a little uphill, little trek, trek but, but the author can do it. Nobody knows their own book, their own career, whatever they're trying to sell, whether it's a book or whether it's ice cream cones. Nobody knows their own stuff better than the person who's doing it. You hit that on the head, my friend. Carolyn Howard Johnson with us today. She has a tremendous book and a tremendous website, by the way, howtodoitfrugally.com. Go over and check out howtodoitfrugally.com. And uh, so I hear you can, you, you, you've done some acting. How does that fit with your writing books or consulting or coaching or even travel for that matter? Um, well, first of all, it made for a good marriage because my husband was doing it, so I could tag along and watch him, right? But um, in, terms of my, in terms of my writing, one of the things I say in the Frugal Book Promoter is that one of the very best things you can do to promote your, your book is to get some speaking skills, frugally, like at Toastmasters, how, however you need to do it, but you get that experience. I took my first my first acting class in and debate class in high school. So there's there are all kinds of ways to do that. But authors almost have to be able to speak if they, they you think about all the, the people who have written books that you see on T V as guests. You think about um, being at a bookstore presenting at a bookstore, reading your book to an audience at a bookstore those all require speaking skills. So I had sort of gradually accumulated those, but it's never too late. That's my motto. It's never too early or too late to start. And if it doesn't just give you the true heebie-jeebies, I mean really make you sick at stomach to think about it, then it's one of the best skills you can accrue for whatever career you're, you've gone into. As a matter of fact, speaking of that, um, writing a book is a great way for people in other professions to give whatever they're doing more credibility. If you have a, if you have a beauty studio, if you have a, 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 a classroom for kids to learn math, that, kinds of, that kind of thing, if you've written a book that you can actually give away or even sell, People think of you as an expert. And if you're an expert, there's all kinds of ways that you can use that speaking skill. That is tremendous. So does that make sense? Or oh, I very much so. Very much so. From you, like, you've got to be kidding, lady. <laughs> no, 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 no. You are, uh, 
You you have hit it right on the head, my friend. We have got a great guest with us today, Carolyn Howard Johnson. HowToDoItFrugally.com is the official website. Go over there and check that out today. HowToDoItFrugally.com. And, of course, so that, um, so that brought you back to your creative work, You've done fiction, poetry, but what about these how-to books for writers? You've heard about potholes, right? I fell into so many uh, with some of these writers uh, that I've worked with, talked with. Tell us a little bit about the creative work and everything. Okay, well, you know, people love to hate love to hate marketing. They, they love it when they make money, but they... They, they somehow get the idea that that just sort of you open your open the doors of your business and it works and you and you make your money. Um, I actually, my my son was actually talking to somebody when he was working in Washington D.C. at a bar, so maybe they'd had too many drinks. But she said, "What what would you like to do?" And he said, "He he'd like to um, to own his own business." And she looked at him perfectly seriously and said, "You can't do that." So there are a lot. There are people out there who actually assume that you have to work for somebody else when you get out of high school or when you get out of college or, or you know whatever your plans are. And um, it, it, you know, it, 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 I guess it, it often works that way. But there are a whole lot of people who want to do their own thing and who aren't really cut out to work for somebody else. So, um, so knowing the skills to do these things is really important but the thing about it is is if you write and you probably do you probably write every day sitting in front of your computer um then you you already have a lot of the skills that you need to promote your own work you're right yes. and that's what you can do yes. you sit there and you write you 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 write it for blogs um you write when you do your emails, and the, your emails include little ads at the bottom as a signature. Um, you write when um, when you are just when you are just taking notes for things, and then you forget to keep them, and so they it's a lot more difficult to ever write that memoir. You maybe wrote in your diary when you were 12 years old. We all know how to write. At least I hope that's true. <laughs> Some, sometimes I'm I've, lately I've begun to wonder about what our education system is doing, but that's another topic altogether. We have got a great guest with us today. Carolyn Howard Johnson is with us. How to do it frugally dot com. She joins us this week here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. So. What got you back to writing so late in your life? Talk to us a little bit about this. Well, I'd always wanted to write a novel from that from the time I was at the high school newspaper, and later when I was the first, the youngest person to ever be ever be hired by the Salt Lake Tribune. But other things got in the way, and that was back in the days. This might be telling you my age, but back in the days when. Women didn't have the rights. I mean, when I was first married, we couldn't even get our own our credit cards in our own name. Did you know that? Really, I was not aware of this. And that was that was like in the early 1970s, even. So, um, so other things got in the way. Families staying home with the kids, which 
which I I love being with the kids, but it kind of I wasn't really cut out for it. I I had I had trouble with the idea of cleaning toilets, if you want to know. So um, <laughs> so I um, I waited and waited. I did other kinds of writing. I kept telling myself that this that this this was just as good as. Among those things was marketing my own my own stores that I finally my husband and I finally opened. But around about sixty, which is again telling my age a little bit, I um, I got cancer, and wow. I decided if I didn't if I didn't write that first novel, um, I might never get a chance to do it. So my husband, who is a real jewel, and I sold our stores, and he started writing, and I started writing, and he started acting, and I started following him along and acting too, and we just built a couple of other little careers along the way and the rest is history i've i have written six written and published 16 books i've done more a lot more writing than that but um i've got 16 books and i wrote them all about the time that most people are just thinking about starting a career are are starting about excuse me i'm stuttering thinking about retiring i started that new career that's awesome that is tremendous. Yeah, it is. It is. It, it's brought me tons of joy. It is. It's awesome. <laughs> we have got a great guest with us today. Carolyn Howard Johnson joins us today here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. The BGE Radio Network out of Atlanta, GA. How to do it frugally.com is the official website, and she's with us today talking about the book business and some of the other things going on. Um so you you've got you you're, you're creative, you've got all sorts of different things. Now I heard from a little tech bird that you're also an editor. Why why that? When uh, publishers have editors who will do it for you. Yeah, you wonder about that, don't you? Uh, here's the thing. Remember when I said there's nobody knows your book better than you do. Yes. Yes. You know, and that and that that, that gives you the ability to do the things yourself that would that could cost you a fortune yes um editing is one of those things though i'm not saying that if you have a book coming out and you've written it yourself and you're really 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 good at english that you should still do it without hiring an editor but you make a a darn good better partner with an editor if you know something about it yourself and what you learn from your english teacher isn't enough your English teacher didn't know anything about publishing. She knew about she knew about English. She knew about writing. She knew about Shakespeare. Um, she, she knows a lot, but she doesn't know anything about publishing, and she doesn't know anything about formatting, and she probably doesn't know too much about book covers other than whether she likes it or not. <laughs> so there's a whole lot to publishing that you need to know, including editing, that makes you a better partner for what whoever your publisher assigns you to or doing whatever it is you have to do yourself if you self-publish. So that's, that's it. You know, you've got to get, you've got to get, go back to, the, not only that, but grammar has changed in the last few years. <laughs> oh, you better believe it. <laughs> well, that, that's kind of always happened. You know, a lot of stuff comes up from the streets, and we adopt it, and it comes from other countries. And Americans are really good adopters. We, we, love, to, we love to borrow stuff from other places. But it's, it's even 
it's even changed essentially because primarily because of computers. Yes. But certainly other things too. So some of the grammar rules that we were raised with, like never never start a sentence with and or any other conjunction. Yes. That's definitely just no longer true. So there's a don't don't write in fragments. Well, yeah, not too many of them, but you can actually use fragments to do to, to achieve a certain voice, a certain feeling about your writing. So to never have a fragment when you probably talk in fragments all the time would will will kill if kill your article if you're if you're going to write in any with any dialogue showing. And English teachers don't know anything about editing dialogue because most of the stuff they get to see, like in assignments and that kind of thing, yes. um, has no dialogue in it. So they don't even know how to punctuate it, much less how to write it. So they'll start <laughs> editing your, your dialogue and make, and make your characters sound like, you know, something they're not. Yes. Very much Lots so. Lots of stuff like that. You need to know. You need to. You need to know something about editing to tell your editor no. You're off on this. <laughs> one. That's that is tremendous. That is tremendous. It is a uh, great guest with us today. She joins us live here on our big program, coast to coast and border to border on iHeartRadio today. Also, build, grow, and enjoy. Now, Carolyn, you are pretty damn amazing you're you're multi-talented you know a little bit about everything you were pretty young when you started some of your writing adventures uh just you you, you've been everywhere you've been to the salt lake uh tribune you were the youngest ever hired reporter you've been on a good housekeeping magazine in new york you were a publicist in new york uh, for the 20 best dress list you you teach at UCLA uh, no experience ever goes to waste and they build on one another tell us a little bit about all these backgrounds first of all let's start with the Salt Lake Tribune you were the youngest ever hired reporter this is amazing yeah and that was back in the days when women didn't get those kinds of jobs there was only other uh, one other woman reporter on the city side when I was hired. And I got to do all kinds of neat things, again, that you wouldn't expect of a reporter. I wrote wedding stories. I did a lot of a lot of girly things, but I did a lot of other things too, like regular reporting. And, um, and I got to do a column of my own eventually. And once I got to go out and interview a man who was traveling by foot across the United States and talking to, he was he was raising money for something, and I can't remember what. I, this was uh, probably in that 1959, 1960. Um, it, it was just a fantastic experience. I, my desk was right next to the teletype, and I, I could hear it clattering with, AP was still around in those days, Associated Press. And I could hear it start clattering. We knew this new story was coming up, and we'd all run over to, to, to see it roll off the, the rollers. And it was a little bit like, like an, an old-day computer. It was, it was pretty fantastic. I mean, it, you couldn't work for a newspaper and not kind of fall in love with writing. 
it was fantastic. The smell of the ink and the batch. You could tell when the when the big presses started rolling underneath your feet and the two floors down. It was it was something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I will have to say that uh, you are the you are the second. Uh, newspaper person that I have spoken with today, especially on on uh, on Build, Grown, and Joy, uh, and the thing that I you guys are so passionate about the newspaper industry. Um, what do you make of the fact that the newspaper industry has kind of just kind of become not what it used to be? Well, it sure isn't. Um... It's pretty sad. In fact, my husband and I just donated to the Salt Lake Tribune to even keep it alive online. They just they just stopped printing. And what that did that was vital in that community and that state, it was a statewide newspaper, um, was then, was, was just before it's, they stopped printing. Um, what that did was leave there only one daily newspaper in that in the in the entire state that went statewide, and that is Mormon Church owned. Well, one of one of the reasons we love newspapers or should love newspapers is that they bring us not only the local news, but they bring us the local news better than the national operations bring bring it to us. Yes. And the other reason is is that we get a, a, a jur- real journalism slanted at the news as opposed, as opposed to pure politics. And that's gotten worse over the decades. So having these local newspapers alive and well and working hard at being a free press is just essential. It's it, literally essential to a democracy. So there, there are people who will tell you otherwise, but um, but real journalists are taught to be ethical, and that's not a word that's being used or bantered about much, or hasn't been lately. So you can see why you can see why those, those of us who are still hanging in there are, you know, how why we think it's important. Yes. Yes. Well, uh, we have got a great guest with us today. She joins us live here in a broadcast. Now, uh, an, another piece of business as far as your uh, your writing adventures, Good Housekeeping Magazine in New York. Tell us about this this run. Okay. Um, well, I hated leaving the Salt Lake Tribune, but my husband was accepted for his master's degree at Columbia. By the way, that's a good journalism. I've never been jealous of him before, but Columbia is a fantastic journalism school. I really would have loved to have gone myself, but instead we traveled to New York together, and he and he was he was full time student, and we needed to eat, so I got busy, got another job, and that's where I worked for Eleanor Lambert too, who is deceased, but she lived into her nineties. And um, so I did PR first, and then I worked for the Good Housekeeping magazine, and um, and uh, literally, literally kept food in our mouths. We lived in a we lived out on Flushing, Long Island, in a hundred and twenty-five dollar a month apartment. Can you believe that? 
and took the subway in. It was fantastic. You know, a little a little girl from Utah. Oh, New York was wonderful. It was fantastic. Fantastic. So except for one th- except for one thing. Okay. Want to know what that is? Yes. People in New York at that time. You know, we, we had television and stuff even then, but um, the communication just wasn't then what, what it is today. And they had that idea that anything west of the Hudson River, that we were a bunch of hicks. And therefore, when I would do things <laughs> like mention, like mention that we had a, that we had a, a philharmonic orchestra, they did they thought I, they didn't believe me. <laughs> Or when I went in to get my contact lenses checked, they couldn't believe that I even found somebody who could fit contact lenses in Salt Lake City, for God's sakes. I mean, that was got to, you know, that's a, <laughs> that's a sheer impossibility, that kind of thing. That is other amazing. Other than that, other than that, I felt like I was the sole person on the planet trying to convince people that there was some, some sophistication someplace else other than New York. That is fantastic. <laughs> that is fantastic. Now, maybe they've gotten over that. We try to get back often, but it's not the same as living there, you know? <laughs> well, uh, we have got a tremendous guest with us today. She joins us live. Now, uh, uh, Carolyn, another thing that you did was um, the 20 best dressed list. You were a publicist in New York, Eleanor Lambert. Tell us about this. Well, that was pretty exciting. Actually, I got that. That was my first job in New York. And um, I got that because the society editor, that's what they called them back then, on my newspaper, her name was Grace Grether. And I don't know what she'd been doing in her in her younger years, but James, she was as old as dirt then. <laughs> and so she said, you're going to New York? She says, well, here, let me write you a, a letter of recommendation. Well... I had been raised with the idea that that nothing was worth nothing unless you did it yourself. I mean, the word network, networking had never had never had never entered my two ears, and I was embarrassed about that. But her little letter got me a job on the first interview I got. Wow! And Grace Grace's friend Eleanor Lambert actually interviewed me in the back seat of a Jaguar lined with red velvet. And she had just been to the beauty parlor. And she said, how are you getting home? And I said, uh, well, by subway, <laughs> like I always do. You know? It was about 5 p.m. And she says, oh, no, my dear. And she had her, she had her chauffeur take me home well i'll tell you my jaw dropped to my chest it was i was i was totally amazed taken and didn't i thought that was just for movies not for real so that was kind of that kind of started off that particular that particular thing in new york in a really exciting way but i didn't like it like i liked print journalism you know, I miss the excitement of deadlines, and uh, you know, I, I love the photography for the fashions and that kind of thing. But and I learned a lot, but it just wasn't the same as print journalism with 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 ink and you know, actually things to hold in your hand. 
That's so awesome. then I went out looking for something else, and that's when I got my, my work in good housekeeping. <laughs> that is tremendous. That is tremendous. Now, you end up uh, along the way uh, teaching at UCLA. This is uh, uh, another tremendous piece of business. Tell me about this. Oh, yeah, it sure is. You know, after I get got through with the New York business and got through with having my having two beautiful kids, um, and and my retail business, um, I and started back to writing. I had the idea that uh, I, I, I and finished and finishing my degree. It took me 17 years from the first time I took a class, and never without a class in all 17 years. It took me 17 years to get my undergraduate degree. Now I was nothing if not persistent. So, um, so I didn't think UCLA would be interested in me if I didn't have a Master of Fine Arts or some or some kind of an advanced degree. And I was at oh, like was like a little evening party of a lot of creative people. She called it a salon, and um, here in Los Angeles. And I met somebody, and he said, "Oh no, UCLA values experience, especially in their extension division." So why don't you check on being an adjunct professor? They would love to have you. Well, I wrenched up my courage and went and talked to the director of the the writer school there, and it's it's very well known, especially for screenwriting in it, et cetera. I mean, it's plunked down in the middle of in the middle of Hollywood town, you know, where they have screenwriters and directors and and. People in Los Angeles are anxious to anxious to help others as well as any place else. But in addition to that, there's so much expertise in that kind of thing concentrated here. So she was looking for some different kinds of things for her writers program to make them make it even, extend out even farther. And it was just as ebooks were coming out, probably early 2000s and um, I said that's funny because I'd been thinking about publishing an ebook for my clients so that to save my clients money so they didn't have to pay me so much money because I knew back to when our earlier conversation I knew that my clients if they paid me what I was worth they weren't going to they, they weren't going to make it back with their books on the first book right so um, I told her ebooks she looked at me and she says you're hired so then I had to I had to publish a book. So that's how that first book came out. That first book in the How to Do It Frugally series of books for writers. That's how I actually got it out. Was in order to make in order to have a book for that first class that I told her I would do. <laughs> That is, that, is, that is tremendous. We have got a great guest with us today here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. Carolyn Howard Johnson is with us. She joins us here on Skype Audio talking about the third edition of the Frugal Book Promoter, once dubbed a classic by BookBaby.com. Modern History Press offers a special gift with the order. Use code GOFRUGAL at HowToDoItFrugally.com. And, Carolyn, we have a... We have ran out of time, my friend. I have enjoyed chatting with you about your incredible, incredible book, uh, your career, uh, being uh, the uh, youngest ever hired reporter at the Salt Lake Tribune, working at Good Housekeeping, all the way to being a 
publicist in New York with the 20 best dress list to even teaching at UCLA. You are tremendous. Thank you for doing this, my friend. Thank you very much for having me. Have me back, and we'll talk about traveling and how that affects writing. Definitely. I, I would okay. love to do that, my friend. I will uh, okay. get with Erwin, and let's see if we can do that in the next couple weeks. Sounds good. Thank Thanks you, so my friend. Have yourself, have yourself a wonderful day. There she goes. Bye-bye. Carolyn Howard Johnson, and she joins us today here via the magic of the old Skip Skype. The old Skype And, uh... Thanks for joining us today. We will see you next time here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy.